0: Information discussed in this podcast may be sensitive in nature to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In February of 2009, Rose Marie Bly married Christopher Larson, the father of her children. Rose was just 21 years old and the mother of two children, both under the age of two. On the night of August 21st, 2009, Rose left her home in St. Crow Falls, Wisconsin, telling her husband she was meeting her cousin at a bar, but she would be back home before midnight. Only, Rose never returned home. On August 22, 2009, Christopher reported his wife missing. Four days later, Rose's car was found in a business parking lot. There was no sign of Rose. In fact, Rose hasn't been seen or heard from since. Where is Rose Marie Bly? Oh, and welcome back to the Where Are They podcast. If you are new here, our goal is to highlight cases that really need some media attention. Cases that you may or may not have heard of before. There are tens of thousands of active missing person cases across the U.S. alone. And how many do we really hear about on a daily basis? Highlighting these cases is important because oftentimes it's the public that can help solve a missing person case. It's the public that has eyes out in the streets. This week's case you may be somewhat familiar with, although you probably don't know much or all of the details. The case of Rosemary Bly never really made mainstream media when she vanished back in 2009. However, in 2021, a young five-year-old girl would vanish from Tennessee. And this little girl, Summer Wells, would capture the attention of the country. Summer Wells is the niece of Rose Marie Bly. When Summer's case first hit the media, it was mentioned that she was the second person in her family to go missing. And Rose's name did come up a couple of times. But her case still Isn't talked about as much as it should be. For a family to have two missing person cases that happen 12 years apart from each other is a pretty rare occurrence. And because of the media attention on summer, there was a little bit of renewed discussion about Rose, but as I mentioned, probably not enough. Authorities have stated they don't believe the cases are connected. There really is nothing to point them in that direction. They did happen in separate states. And there is no evidence that they're linked in any way. The case of Summer Wells is so frustrating and baffling, and the little girl remains missing today. And this June, it will be a full year. I followed that case closely, but Summer has had plenty of media coverage, so I think it's time for Rose to get her fair share of media attention. Just to clarify, for those of you curious, Summer's mother, Candace, is the sister of Rose Bly. Candace and Rose have the same mother whose name is also Candace. Before we dive into Rose's story, I have a few quick notes about the show. First, a big, huge welcome to our new patrons, Lisa, Christy, and Taylor. Thank you so much for your support of the show. Also, please give us a follow over on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, where we will post updates and photos from the cases we cover You can find all our links in the show notes. This week's episode featured partner is Mercari, a buying and selling app that makes the user experience super simple. Lastly, our merch store will continue to donate any profits to the Ayla Reynolds GoFundMe through the end of the month. The link will also be in the notes. So now let's talk about Rosemarie Bly. Who is Rosemarie Bly? Rose Bly was born on September 16th, 1987, to Candace Herrer. She spent the majority of her life growing up in a small town in Wisconsin, the town of Grantsburg. Rose's mother, Candace, says that her daughter grew up fun-loving, loved children, and dreamed one day of becoming a children's author. Grantsburg, Wisconsin, is a very small town. It's actually considered a village with under 2,000 residents. Grantsburg sits on the western side of Wisconsin, near the Minnesota border. Rose attended Grantsburg High School, and after graduation, she would move to St. Crow Falls, Wisconsin. St. Crow Falls is about 26 miles north of Grantsburg, about a half an hour drive. Shortly after high school, Rose gave birth to a daughter. Her boyfriend, Christopher Larson, and Rose would go on to have another daughter a year and a half later they would get married in February of 2009. All marriages and relationships, of course, have their problems, but Rose and Christopher definitely struggled maybe more than most. They were young with two very young babies and money was tight. Their relationship was rocky and sometimes physically violent. Those close to Rose said that Christopher was physically violent with Rose but in the summer of 2009, it was Rose who was arrested and charged with domestic violence and disorderly conduct. Rose did go to court in July of 2009 and pled not guilty. I don't have all the details of those charges, and they are misdemeanors. And while I could get them, it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It seems both Rose and Christopher were struggling, but somehow still trying to make things work. That summer, Christopher did file for divorce, but he eventually withdrew his petition. By August of 2009, they were back together and trying to work on their relationship. The Disappearance On August 19th, 2009, Rose called her mother, Candace. They spoke for a while on the phone and Rose had mentioned to her mom that she had a headache and she just wasn't feeling great. When Candace asked more about that, Rose told her mom that she was riding a horse the other day and had fallen off hitting her head. Her mom told her to go see a doctor, as most moms would, and Rose told her she would think about it. On Friday, August 21st, 2009, Rose told her husband she was going to head over to the neighboring town of Cushing. She told him that she was meeting up with her cousin for a little while, but that she would be back home before midnight. Cushing is another small Wisconsin town that sits directly in the middle of St. Crow Falls, where Rose and Christopher lived, and Grantsburg, where she grew up. Christopher didn't think anything of it, and eventually that evening fell asleep waiting for her to come home. When he woke up the next morning, however, he was surprised to see that Rose still hadn't made it home. He started calling and asking around for her, but no one knew where Rose was. It was that day, Saturday, August 22nd, 2009, that Christopher reported his wife missing. The Search Investigators started the search for Rose where they believed she had been the night before. At the bar with her cousin. They reached out to her cousin only to learn something surprising. Rose and she never had any plans to meet up that night. So, was Rose's story a cover for something else? Was she lying to her husband? Or was Christopher lying about the events of that night? Law enforcement began questioning everyone that knew Rose, not really finding any great leads or a trail to follow. That is, until August 26, five days after she was last seen when her car is discovered in a parking lot in Grantsburg. Now, she lived in St. Crow Falls and was supposedly going to Cushing that evening, but her car would end up in Grantsburg. And remember, Rose grew up in Grantsburg. Her mother still lived there. She was very familiar with the area and knew a lot of people. The car, a 2001 Pontiac Grand Am, was sitting in a parking lot near some businesses, which locals have said it was near a bank, a post office, there was a couple restaurants, not a completely inconspicuous area. Some have also noted that the parking lot her car was found in is a popular spot for truckers to park their tractor trailers overnight because it was a wide open space. So, I looked at this area on Google Maps. On the online forums, there was some discussion about this area and how her car could have been there, if it was indeed a trucker's parking lot, or the circumstances and situation around where her car was found. So I took Google Maps back to 2008 and even traveling up and down the road. I really didn't see any place a tractor trailer could park unless they met work trucks and not tractor trailers, or if there is a side road or another road that her vehicle was found. But the area where the post office is, the bank, and the restaurants, kind of like a main street area. There are a lot of businesses that sit very close to the road, mostly with street parking. This leaves me with a lot of questions about the area. If her vehicle was left here, Did no one see her putting it there or someone else putting it there? Is there any surveillance footage in that area at all? I'm sure there wasn't, or we probably would have heard about that by now. But with all the businesses around, that's a shame that no one had any security cameras. Investigators went over the car with a fine-tooth comb, searched the inside thoroughly, but found no clues to lead them to Rose or where Rose may be. There was no evidence at all not even any fingerprints they could use on the car, which in and of itself is odd. Does this mean the car was wiped clean or were the fingerprints that were found not useful? Over the next several months, authorities would perform physical searches of the area. They would obtain warrants for cell phone records and computer files, and they would even eventually send the entire missing person file off to the FBI missing person unit in Quantico, Virginia for assistance, but nothing came of that either. The missing person unit in Quantico specifically goes through the file looking for anything the detectives might have missed or anything that they might want to follow back up on. There would be tips that would come in locally of possible sightings of Rose, but most turned out to be mistaken identity or unconfirmed. Not one of those sightings was believed to have actually been Rose, at least by law enforcement. I want to point out some inconsistencies found in all of the reports, and these would be quotes from people that knew her and media articles, along with official press releases from authorities. There are almost always inconsistencies in missing person cases, which makes it difficult to report on. You want to get all of the facts right. Spreading misinformation can certainly be harmful. But other times, these little tidbits of information can be useful in the case and very important to get out there. So with the few inconsistencies in this case, I'm going to let you know both sides. First, let's talk about the domestic violence in the home. There's a lot of chatter about this. Some people say he was abusive, her husband, Christopher. Some say it was her. The only documentation we have to go off of is Rose's arrest, but just because Christopher was never arrested doesn't mean he wasn't taking part in these physical fights either. I think it's fair to say we just don't know for certain what was going on inside the home. Next, we have the issue of where Rose was going that night, the night of August 21st, 2009, when her husband said he last saw her. Most reports stated in the beginning, anyhow, that she was leaving to go meet her cousin at a bar in Cushing. As mentioned, the cousin disputed that, leaving people to wonder if Rose had lied or used her cousin as a cover, or even if Christopher had lied. Later, a family member told the media, however, that Rose was supposed to be going to a birthday party that evening at a location that was only two miles from her house and that she had never showed up. Later, once again, in a media interview, a reporter asked Christopher about that night and the bar in Cushing. He stated that he never said a bar in Cushing, but he only stated that she was supposed to be meeting with her cousin. So, where did the bar in Cushing story come from? In any event, no matter what the story, no one in her family or friends' circle claimed to have seen Rose that night. Whether she was going to meet her cousin in Cushing or a birthday party near her house, there is no logical explanation that anyone knows for her car ending up in Grantsburg, 25 miles from her home and another 15 miles from Cushing. Before we look into the aftermath of Rose's disappearance and the questions we are left with, let's have a quick word from today's partner, Mercari. The Mercari buying and selling app, your clutter can find a new home and make you some cash in the process. Take a few picks and then with a few clicks, your item is live and available. Mercari's reach is huge with over 19 million active users. And Mercari has one of the lowest selling fees and easiest shipping steps of all the selling apps out there. Not to mention, if you're looking to buy something in particular, Mercari probably has it. Their search and buy function is just as simple. Download Mercari today. Sign up with the link in our show notes and get a $10 buying credit and a $20 gift when you make your first $100 selling on Mercari. Again, you'll find the link in our show notes and on our social media accounts this week. the aftermath. Shortly after Rose disappeared, within a few months, Christopher filed for divorce and sole custody of the children. Police have stated that he was given a polygraph and he did pass and that he has always been forthcoming and very cooperative. Now we know polygraphs are problematic and don't hold up in court. But authorities have proclaimed that he is not a suspect. But in those same interviews, they also claim that no one has been ruled out. In order for Christopher to retain the children, in the event that Rose would come back into the picture, he had to legally obtain custody and a divorce from Rose. Now, some people look at that action as a sign of a guilty husband. But others point out that legally it was something he had to do to protect himself and the children, and I can see that. There are attorneys who have spoken up and said that that is the exact thing they would advise their clients to do in that situation. If he thought Rose might come back at some point, it was in his best interest to divorce her and get custody. While Christopher has remained fairly quiet during the investigations, Rose's mother, Candace, did speak out a few times, and there have been a few press conferences. Take a listen to some of those clips. Rose has been missing for 12 years. Um, I miss her dearly. She's the baby of the family. I had three girls. She's my baby. Candace is my baby too, but she's my youngest one. And it's heartbreaking. And then have to go through it again with my granddaughter, Summer, is very heartbreaking. And that's what a lot of people don't understand, is what a parent goes through, what a grandmother goes through, I know it's hard for them if if they pass away. It's the not knowing is what tears us up. It's the not knowing. can't. Yeah, it just draws me back. And I don't know her. Not sure which way, but she's helped for someone. I'm tired not to cry. Even just out here looking, it just brings tears to her eyes. Ten years, a decade, that's a lot of time. And you just look at what's changed in our lives and our careers, yet alone this case is still out there. And we would like to bring conclusion to it. So this case does leave us with questions. What is the real story about what happened on the night of August 21st, 2009? Where was Rose really headed? Surely someone out there knows, and I wonder if phone records could help clear that up in any way, but authorities did file a search warrant for those phone records. Are there any other people Rose might have been talking to around the time of her disappearance? Many friends and family members have come forward, but is there anyone else? This is also something that should have probably been answered. those phone records. Since Rose had a pending court case happening when she disappeared there is an active warrant out for her. This is the court case regarding the misdemeanor disorderly conduct and domestic violence charge so many have questioned did that play a role in her disappearance? Was she simply trying to avoid court and jail time? Those that knew Rose don't believe it did. Rose was an amazing mother to her little girls and absolutely loved kids. No one believes she would abandon them for something as trivial as a misdemeanor charge in court. The search for Rose continues, and now so does the search for her niece, five-year-old Summer Wells. If you aren't familiar with Summer's case, I do urge you to check it out. There are several different podcasts that cover it and several YouTubers as well. Since Summer went missing in June of 2021, authorities in Tennessee where Summer is from have connected with detectives in Wisconsin regarding Rose's case. While right now their disappearances appear to be nothing more than a tragic coincidence, Authorities are working together and ruling nothing out. Summer vanished one summer day, seemingly from her home in Tennessee in June of 2021. Rose went missing on the evening of August 21st, 2009, up in Wisconsin. Summer's grandmother and Rose's mother have had to endure the disappearance of two loved ones, both a daughter. And a granddaughter. And Candace Wells has endured the disappearance now of her sister and now her daughter. There are many, many theories and rumors out there about Candace Wells and now Candace Herrer And I'm not going down that path right now because it's all speculation and rumor. But I am curious. Do you think the case of Rosemary Bly and Summer Wells... Are connected in some way? Or is this a case of a tragic coincidence within a family? Christopher Larson has remained fairly quiet regarding his wife's disappearance. Although recently in an interview, he stated that he does hope that one day she shows back up or reaches out to someone. And Rose would now have two teenage daughters who no doubt would probably like to have answers about their mother one day here it is, 2022, and everyone would still like to know. Where is Rose Marie Bly? Rose is described as being five foot tall and weighing around 110 pounds when she was last seen, August of 2009. She was 21 years old and she would now be 34. She was last seen wearing a white tank top, a green V-neck sweater, blue jeans, and flip-flop sandals. Rose has brown hair, brown eyes, and a tattoo of red cherries on the outside of her right ankle. If you have any information on the whereabouts of Rosemary Bly, please contact the Polk County Sheriff's Department at 715-485-8300. Thank you so much for listening to Rose's story today. Please share her name, her case, any way that you can. Missing person cases can still be solved years later, and there are two girls out there that deserve some answers about their mother. If you have any case suggestions for us, please send me a message on social media or an email at canwefindthem at gmail.com. We will be back again next week with another Unsolved Missing Person episode. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.